Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. In last week's episode, Open Up the Gates, I shared about those miraculous moments in 1984 when our daughters Michelle and Kimberly and a few of their YWAM team members prayed one day for a homeless blind woman who was sitting on a sidewalk in the city of Hong Kong. As I concluded that story, I said, it was one of those special kingdom appointments arranged by our Heavenly Father. I will add to that definition here. It was what the Bible would call one of those signs and wonders kind of moments. Because the homeless blind woman? Well, as you heard me tell it, when the kids finished praying, the woman received her sight. Ever since the day that Kathy and I together surrendered our all to the Father, to His Son, and to the Holy Spirit, and to God's kingdom purposes, we and our family members, there are 31 of us in all now, have been blessed with an unusual number of signs and wonders kind of moments. Some were unusual, head-scratching moments. Some were more than unusual. Some were jaw-dropping moments, like those the girls experienced that day on the Hong Kong sidewalk. Today, I'd like to share another one of those unusual family signs and wonder moments. Once again, dear friend, my purpose in sharing, which I believe is our Heavenly Father's purpose today, is to encourage and to inspire you. Our Father wants to build up our understanding, our faith, and our courage as we follow our Captain Jesus through those open gates to serve His kingdom purposes. One last time, I'd like to take you back again to the city of Hong Kong, to where those moments took place. Having been in the city twice myself, I can vouch that it's a complicated place to visit, let alone to serve as an 18-year-old missionary. These unusual moments took place on a day during those winter months of 1987, when Michelle, Michi, traveled with 11 other outreach team members from her YWAM Montana DTS to the massive Asian metropolis. You may recall from our episode called By Highest Authority, the story of the blonde angel who led Michelle through the giant train station to exactly the right train before she completely disappeared. And then later that night, at the Tai Tam house, hours outside the city, when she and Ron Brewster prayed over two male heroin addicts, were voluntarily tied up in their beds to go through the painful process of detoxification. And all the while they were praying, Michelle and Ron watching two angry demon-like beings floating back and forth over the two men? Well, this next unusual story took place earlier, during the first week of the team's outreach. Michi told me they were housed at what was called the Hang Fuk Camp, which means the Camp of blessing. The camp was founded by Jackie Pullinger, who I spoke of before. Again, she was the famous missionary and author of the book, Chasing the Dragon, 
who ministered for her father in heaven within the infamous Walt City. And the Camp of Blessings, as Mishy told me, was a place where recovering drug addicts and their families, who had given their lives to the Lord, could call their home. She told me that it was a nice place, all in all. The site was completely fenced for the residents' safety. It was about a city block in size, with newer buildings, private sleeping quarters, and a nice covered outdoor common kitchen. Former addicts served in kitchen duties. She said the camp reminded her some of YWAM Montana. A couple days after the DTS team arrived, they were told that today was the day that they would be meeting Jackie Pullinger inside the Walt City. The Walt City was made popular in the 1980s martial arts movie called Bloodsport with actor Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was a place that was rampant with crime, poverty, and misery. The triad gangs controlled the streets and the prostitutes that walked the streets and supplied the heroin addicts that often died in the streets. For good reason, police hesitated to enter this place. But a young British woman named Jackie would enter this place in the mid-1960s. And my firstborn 18-year-old daughter would be entering this place today. Oh, my father. An hour or so later, Mishy and the team of 12 were packed into a large white van and driven by a former drug addict, also their guide and interpreter, to the outer wall of the walled city, where everyone stepped out. I, I asked her recently, what were you thinking when you got out of the van, Mish? What was going on in your head? I remember being surprised by two things, Dad. It's enormity and it's isolation. It was a scary place. But we were excited to go in, to see the interior, but especially to meet Jackie Pullinger. We were told, by the way, she had a job for us. Well, I might have called it an assignment. Mishy continued. In short time, our guide and interpreter called for us to follow him down the sidewalk and then through a doorway leading into one of the many very narrow alleys. The alleys were so narrow, Dad, I could almost touch both alley walls with each of my hands at the same time. The streets were a little wider, but just as foreboding. What was most noticeable was the trash laying everywhere, and the smell was awful. After walking through the giant dirty maze for about 15 minutes, we were finally led into a large, brightly lit, and surprisingly very clean room. The four walls and ceiling were painted white. There were a number of tables with folding chairs next to them. Spread out and sitting at the tables were a number of men, I think at least a dozen or more. And standing in front of the men at the tables was Jackie Pullinger. Jackie motioned for us to move in closer. When we did, she introduced herself and then explained that all the men in the room were gang members and drug addicts. They had each come to be prayed for, she said. I've told them that some American missionaries were coming here to do that, to pray for each one of them. Okay, I thought to myself, Mishy said. This is the job she had for us. As we spread out and moved 
closer to the tables, Jackie came up to me, smiled, asked me my name, and then she took my hand and directed me to one particular man sitting by himself. She said, Michelle, I want you to pray for this man. So I did. I slowly moved to his side, put my right hand on his shoulder, and I began to pray. All the while, Jackie stood near me, listening. About a minute into my prayer, Dad, I felt Jackie put her right hand on my left arm to get my attention. When I looked into her kind eyes, she said words I'd never heard spoken before. She asked, Michelle, can you pray in the Spirit? Can you speak in tongues? Okay, Uh, this is Mishy's dad, David, breaking in here for a minute. I'll get back to the rest of the story shortly. Now, I think I just felt some of you cringe. I know that for centuries, there have been differing opinions on the subject of praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. I know that many good Christians believe it was a gift only given to the apostles at the time the church was founded. Many other good Christians believe that it's a gift available to the church today. There are many verses in the Bible that talk about the subject. Mark 16, 17, for example, where Jesus said, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues. But my purpose is not to address the particular subject of speaking in tongues or even casting out demons. My subject today is simply this. Right now, in these strange and challenging times we are facing, we have a miracle-working God, and His power is available to us if we just believe. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So what does that mean? Our powerful God is able to do more than we can imagine. He's a miracle worker. I believe he is able, still able, to do more in us and through us in this generation than we could ever imagine. And now, back to our story. And remember, this is exactly how it happened. Michelle looked a little quizzically at Jackie for a brief moment, considering what she had asked her. And then she replied, Yes. Yes, I can. Then please do that, Jackie said. Pray in the Spirit, Michelle. Pray in tongues, over the man. And Mishy began to pray for quite some time, all the while Jackie stood next to her. Dad, Mishy told me, about midway through my prayer, I opened my eyes and I could see that there were tears streaming, pouring down the man's face. When I stopped praying, Jackie put her hand on my arm again, looked at me and said, Michelle, do you know why the man is crying? No, I said. Michelle, he's crying because you were speaking perfect Cantonese. He understood every word you spoke. It was a beautiful prayer. When she told me that, Dad, 
my mouth fell open. And the first time I heard the story, my mouth fell open. And once more I said, Oh, my father. Because believe me, my daughter can only speak English. Missy went on to say, Here I was, an extremely shy 18-year-old girl from Montana, and my Heavenly Father was using me. Dad, it, it was in those Hong Kong moments that God emboldened me to become the strong and confident woman I am today. Dear friend, Jesus spoke these words in John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever, and I believe whoever means anyone from anywhere in any generation, anyone who believes in me, he said, will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he or she do, because I'm going to the Father. Dear friend, your Father loves you so much just as much as he loves all his children, and he can do mighty things through you, maybe even signs and wonders. All you have to do is believe. Dear Father, thank you for loving us the way you do. I know that you're always proving your love to us. Dear Jesus, thank you for all you did for us, including the promise of greater works. Dear Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us with the power to do our Father's kingdom works. Please fill this dear one's spirit today and open their faith to signs and wonders. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.